third installment of Simply Soccer. My guest today is Jamie Bacon, and she's a very dear Galaxy friend, uh, and of course, another friend from the Twitterverse. And so I've been wanting her thoughts. We've been talking and planning, and finally, here she is with no further ado, Jamie. Hello, everybody. Do you want to tell us about how you became a fan? Oh, gosh. Um, I've been watching soccer in one way or another since I was a kid. My, my brother and my sister both played, and my mom hated going. So my dad used to wake me up as the oldest child to come be the, uh, the stand-in soccer mom at every tournament, every weekend, all over the place. Um, yeah, just watching my siblings kind of, like, develop my love for the game. I can't play it to save my life, but... I can't either. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> like, I had a really bad experience when I was 11 years old and never played again. I sprained my wrist, and all anybody cared about was that I got a handball. But, you know, when a bunch of kids in Spanish are yelling at you, mano, mano, I'm so sorry. Now I understand why that was so bad. When I was 11, I did not. <laughs> The, the only organized soccer I played was when, um, you know, when you're like four or five and it's just the, the clump that follows the ball around, like the masses, but there's no organization or actual <laughs> skill to it. And that was about the, the last time I ever needed to play soccer. Yeah. And the season ticket holders have a thing where they can actually play together, but I think I might have missed this year's already. I don't know, but I definitely didn't get to it last year. I know the supporters groups, all three of them got together um, right before season and did something. Um, I want to say uh, Romney was there, and I think another player was there. I don't remember. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I plan on being more involved <laughs> with, the, with those. In fact, um, because, you know, I'm a teacher by day. I missed the the open training and could have met Zlatan and I kick myself every day. I just want everyone to know because as media, which is what I do a lot now, um, you can't, you can't take pictures with them. And especially with the U S soccer, like I was there for the U S women for the 99, as everybody might already know, I had food poisoning and got myself to the ER to uh, make sure that I would be ready for the game and still got down there because I was like, it's the, it's the, it's the women, the greatest women of soccer in my generation of my time. I can't miss this. And even though I was there as media, I was like, I have to be there. Um, and definitely every, every other media person that was there was, was fan fanning out, fanboying, fangirling. I don't know what the other words are, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that, um, that text conversation and I'm like, no, no, take care of yourself. Don't go to the game. It's fine. I'll, I'll let you know what happens. Yeah, I know. And I, and you always got my back for, for a number of, of ways, but I was just like, yeah. And then I tried to meet up with you guys and I just couldn't, it's okay. Like, you know, it's oh, part of the job and I'm so glad that you understand that, you know, it was crazy. And before the game, um, I actually missed most of the, the tailgate because I went with, um, Ryan Shira from, uh, AO Phoenix and then, uh, Jasmine from AOLA, we went over to the Shrine Auditorium where Nike was doing um, this big event for um, like promoting women's soccer. And uh, they had like a little um, indoor tournament going on inside. Probably, I think they were playing like four aside or something like that. Uh, and then we just led some, some chants. And then 
marched the the kids with this giant uh, TIFO through the USC campus singing USA for a good, I guess, probably 20 minutes. I mean, kids have so much energy. They yeah. singing. Uh, it was really cool, though, just to, to, to um, you know, give them a little taste of what it's like to be part of the supporters groups. For sure. And just so everybody knows how hardcore Jamie and I are, we both have the D.C. Montreal game on right now. True. <laughs> we do. It's, it's on mute in the background, but just in case we have reactions whilst watching, everybody can know what's up with that. Yeah. Um, but that's another reason is it's that I have you on as well. Um, you're actually my first female guest. Woo woo. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know gender doesn't really matter when it comes to me and you, the type of people that we are. Um, especially since we do, we hang with everybody. Um, but definitely you know, being a woman in soccer is my niche into the industry. And I mean, how, how's that been for you being a fan and, and getting into the supporters groups? Um, I would say, I mean, uh, I guess I should have prefaced earlier. I am part of American Outlaws as well as um, Lars for, for Yeah, LA I was going to let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the culture is changing and it's growing, and I think even the gap between men and women, as far as players is and, and attendance at games, is getting closer. Um, I know American Outlaws does sometimes get a bad rap for being like bro culture, but I think it's really like just more specific areas that are that way, and not really it's not an overall thing. I mean, like we have so many women in leadership. And um, from na the national level to presidents to um, regional, I mean, there's just tons and tons of women that are stepping up and wanting to be more involved. And, you know, I think, you know, love of the game doesn't matter if you're male, female, non-binary, like there's, there, you know, there's, it's just love. It has mm -hmm. nothing to do with what, what your gender is. So I think the gap is closing and I think that that a lot of guys are are more accepting of like having women around and whatnot. I know that sounds weird. I don't know how to phrase it, but I think it's closing. No, and I and I agree with you. And in fact, you know, another reason I'm glad to have you on particularly is because there was a big conversation, particularly today, in the Twitterverse, of course. Um, I mean you take everything on Twitter with a grain of salt, but but definitely it opened up this discussion um, of having an NWSL team in Los Angeles. And I was the one who jumped in as soon as they were, I found out that we were going to get Mia Hamm for the interview. I was, I'm not even kidding you. Like I'm standing around with all the other media. I jumped in head front and I just, Hey, how are you? Had a moment to just greet her. And then boom, I asked the question. I was like, so what's going on with uh, a team in LA, everybody wants to know, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, you know, and then I got like a bunch of credit for that, but it was just so funny, um, you know, because it is an interesting thing, I mean, the the 99 were also saying, um, a few of the ladies that I got to interview were saying, like, it's 2019, like, it's too bad that we're still talking about, like, growing women's soccer, like, it's too bad that it's not just soccer and growing it in the United States, you know, that it's still separate and that they're still fighting. Um, of course, they've set a foundation, they paved the way, but I just think it's so important to see that people really do want to support women's soccer um, and an NWSL team. Of course, there are the few, but that 
that don't. And but I think that that's important to to get that discussion going so that way we can start getting that support. Yeah, and if they don't, if people don't want to support it, that's okay too. You know, it's like mm-hmm. there's there's some women who support NWSL who have no interest in MLS or men's soccer at all, and that's okay. It's it's great that there is a market. Well, not necessarily in LA right now, but there is a market for everyone. Um, you know, look in Portland and Seattle and um, Orlando, Utah. Just the things that they're doing with their teams is just incredible. The way that they're bringing both MLS and NWSL together. Absolutely, and like you said, it is love of the game, which is why I do love the sport. I mean, I don't follow any one particular NWSL team. I'm very aware of it. I did watch the final um, and saw the courage win, Um, you know, but I asked myself the same question though. Like, yes, I'm a woman, but that's not the reason that I love, you know, a lot of people will joke like, oh, well, you know, you get to watch hot guys run around for 90 minutes and that's why women want to watch soccer. Um, You know, (laughs) you know, And, and so, um, so, so there's definitely, it's like, I've asked myself that same question though. Why am I not as invested in, in the women's team? And I think it's just, not like you said, like, say again. It's not accessible. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's just not something that I was, that I grew up with. And I'll be honest, like sometimes when I'm looking for a stream, I can't find a women's stream. And this year, um, Lifetime, uh, dropped them from their network so they won't be playing any televised games it blows my mind that espn plus hasn't picked it up i mean yeah the fact that i can turn on espn and watch a cornhole tournament in soccer is just mind-blowing yeah and and honestly when you do think of soccer in the united states people often thought of it as a woman's sport like when people know that i'm a fan they right away ask me did you play and i don't think any of the other thousands of guys that have podcasts get asked that question no and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the women's team for the u.s is good like really good you know they have three champions world championships and i don't like I don't know how many Olympics and, mm-hmm. you know, and the men still are, are looking for that first star over the crest. And that was another argument though, is that like, you know, especially with us men's soccer, like they're just trying to compete. I mean, when you look at what happens in, in CCL or when you look at um, even the best teams that get eliminated in the world cup, um, it's, it's a, it's a high expectation. I mean, I can't honestly say that I think that the U.S. men will be good enough to win a, a World Cup in my lifetime. I certainly hope so. You hush your mouth. <laughs> you <won't quit. laughs> I, I, like I said, I believe. <laughs> no. We- <laughs> Hashtag she believes. Okay. So <laughs> that song is dead. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And actually, thankfully so. No. <laughs> yeah. So um jumping into the US women, so you you watched uh you were actually behind the goal. So tell us about that. Um uh, well do you want to talk about last week's first? Yes. Um because I I'm really bad, and I just did my homework five minutes ago. Um, That's okay. I was media and in the press box and running running social media for most of the time. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> we're both on the same page. So I, we're here together bouncing off each other for this pod. 
Versus Australia, I expected more out of the back line than I saw. Um, I'm really curious. I'm going to mix games right now, but I'm really curious what would have happened if we saw those, the starting back line from Sunday against Belgium open that game against Australia. Because you had that dynamic duo back in the middle of Becky and, and Julie. And my goodness, I know Julie Ertz is playing uh, midfield in Chicago, but get that girl back in the defense. Are you kidding me? She's so good. Um, Allie Krieger out on the right, and I think we had Tierna Davidson on the left. I'm... Still not completely sold on Davidson. I like her. Um, I'd like to see more before I can make like a big judgment. But man, I don't know what Jill's been thinking and not calling up Allie. That girl will work and work and work. And she doesn't get beat easily. Right. And they do have three more games um, to prepare for. And uh, Jill, it looks like to me, like based on what I heard in the press conference, was that she's still figuring things out and getting the team together. I mean, the starting 11 that we saw on Sunday was was not the usual. No, I mean, because Carly started, and mm-hmm. Carly has been coming off the bench. I don't know. She made a case at 36 years old for her to be starting. I have not seen that kind of a fire in her in a long time, and I loved every second of it. Yeah, when I interviewed her post-match, she was like, I just went out there and did everything that I do that I've always done and just showing exactly who I am and, like, why I should be in the starting 11. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not to, like, misquote her. Of course. No, when she plays like that, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, with her age and her injuries, it has kind of put her into that that relief role. Um. It, I feel like every major tournament we've had in the last, and I say major in quotations because FIFA doesn't have any major tournaments for women's outside of the World Cup. Right. Um, but, you know, the Tournament of Nations, the She Believes, I feel like Carly's always coming off some sort of an injury. Right. Right. And, I mean, that's all. That's always the, the case and concern when, with any starting 11, like, regardless of, of gender. But... Um, well, absolutely. I mean, look, that's a problem we've always had with Josie Altador. Yeah. He's always coming off a hamstring injury. Yeah. What's going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah, when they get bit by, you know, what we say, like getting attacked by the injury bug, it's like, it's out of your control. And so all you can do is build depth in the team. And that's exactly what Jill Ellis, I feel like, is actually doing. Um, yes, there are definitely, like, Alice should be getting called up, but, I mean, would you say that there's still time? We've got, what, 50-something days before the, the World Cup? I think, so, I mean, you know, we've talked extensively in my thoughts on Jill and how I really don't think she's the best manager of a game and, and the players that she has, but I, I would say these last two games that she didn't do everything perfect but she did things really well with her subs with her mm-hmm. changing in formation uh depending on who subbed in um i just she's making it hard for me to dislike her 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, and, and especially when they're, when they are winning now, when they lost against France, um, okay. I mean, yeah. Was that because, you know, it was, it was on their turf. Uh, I mean, you know, all you can do is continue to, you know, I almost feel like you can't even say, you can't even predict and say what's going to happen this summer. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's, you know, that the U S women are dynamic, you know, that they have an attack, um, you know, like each, what each player brings, but specifically like Alex Morgan's got a speed and agility. And, um, I just watched Kristen press like running up the side so many times and so many good long crosses and passes. I mean, these, this is a team that we already know can win. Um, and that we've watched them grow since 2015. So it's like, I think that they are the favorites to win. I would say Kristen Press has looked the best I have seen Kristen look ever. Yeah. I think she is in she's in peak form and I'm really, really looking forward to see what she does because I had been saying that I thought Rose Lavelle would be the game changer, but Rose is made of glass and hasn't been able to stay healthy either. So I, I, I'm really, really curious and interested to see if Kristen Press in that big stage becomes, you know, the one that whether coming off the bench or starting just puts that extra spark and, and I mean, just look at her ball in the other night to, uh, yes. uh, who, who, who had that last header? Uh, um, Oh, I have my game notes like right here. <laughs> You're there. That last header was it? Mac- not McDonald. Uh, it was McDonald. It was McDonald. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was McDonald. I mean, look, Kristen Press had three assists. Three assists out of the six goals. The look on her face right before she took that free kick was like, I know where this is going, and it's the back of the net. Yes. Incredible. I got chills just you talking about it again. um going back to France though I I worry about us playing them in the World Cup and it's no secret that I've said it on I've screamed it from the mountaintops all over Twitter that Mm -hmm. I think that we lose in the quarterfinals to France uh France has our number in three years we've played France three times and we have not beat them yeah I think it was a loss and two draws or two losses and a draw. I'm not sure, but but we haven't been able to beat them. I just don't know what it is about France. You know, they get under our skin, they get in our head. It's crazy. It is. It is crazy. You're right. But I think that's also another thing um, just from the interviews I did with, with the ladies this past weekend was just, that's what they were focusing on. They're like, you know, this is a psychological game and it's making sure that they're getting in there. And honestly, they're thinking, they're not thinking about, the world cup they know that that's coming but they actually don't put that kind of pressure on themselves it's just like obviously they're there to win um the goal scorers are there to score and like i interviewed mallory and she was like you know i just want to play whatever position wherever they need me however i can get it and so and, and i watched her do that too on this on this game in belgium as well she was you could tell really wanted a goal and um it's just it's just really phenomenal to see that that their mindset and how they're focused and it's kind of like, okay, let's just focus on the next game and what they can learn and the insight they can get from their, from their opponent. Um, I mean, Belgium only missed the world cup by like one point. Um, but they really 
I mean, I don't even want to like put them down on this last game because I feel like the U.S. women just dominated. I feel like they just did really well. It's not that Belgium's not good, but yeah, I know you have some other notes on that. No, I agree, but you can you can see in the women's game how huge the gap is between a number six team and a number twenty team. Like mm-hmm. when you look at Australia at number six and you look at Belgium at number twenty, it's not to say that Belgium didn't have good moments in the game, but there's just such a huge gap between six and twenty and the quality of play that you're gonna get from those. Um, and in the past, like there was such a big gap between one being us and the rest of the world, but you look at the top 10 teams and that, that talent gap is closing. There are teams that are hungry and they're coming for us and they're not going to go down easy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's also going to be the first time that we're going to face Thailand once we get to the world cup. So we don't even know what to expect from them. Um, Chile, we've we've played twice, and I was at I was at the the first one. Did we not play Thailand once before? Um, did we? Who did we play? And I can't even look up Google because I have the game I, on. My I, phone. I have it. I have on my phone. What, what do I need to look up? I want to say we played them for Heather O'Reilly's uh, farewell game. Okay, let me double check on that because. So- what date that was oh no oh you're right but <laughs> that was september 15th 2016 nine zero yes yeah yes <laughs> nine goals for hey oh hey oh you got a fantastic memory i'm glad that, well this is why i have you on <laughs> but they the way that they were talking about Thailand, they were like well we haven't faced them in a while so it's like we don't really know what to expect to come yeah, over. Was, you know a couple couple years ago and like i said every country the talent is just growing mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Oh. oh yeah definitely that's why I keep saying that it's an untapped market for women's soccer here mm-hmm. um, yeah for sure um, and, and it's phenomenal to watch it growing it th- around the world yeah yeah one of the things that uh, I don't know if you were in this part of the Twitter conversation earlier but somebody had brought up how it failed with um, with LA Soul and the and Tucker brought up a good point that, or I think it was Tucker. I want to give him credit if it was. If it wasn't, whoever said this, you, <laughs> but that, was, that was 10 years ago. And the the growth of the sport for and, and interest in women's soccer is so different than what it was 10 years ago. I mean, just coming off the last World Cup, look at how many more girls wanted to be out there. We were selling out stadiums on that. Uh, uh, celebration tour on uh you know the farewell to abby tour basically mm-hmm. like the interest is there it's i mean whether or not mm-hmm. they market it correctly or market it at all if you don't market it at all you're going to be boston breakers who are no more or kansas city who's now in utah yeah, it's a real shame that like Lifetime dropped that. I mean, that was how I was actually able to watch a lot of the games. And so, but definitely we were talking about um, on Sunday, like tw- since 2015, just since 2015, look how much women's soccer has grown. Absolutely. And what do you, what do you attribute that to? Because that's what I wanted to ask the players, but I just didn't get a chance like to. I mean, I think it is winning. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. That people enjoy watching the USA succeed at something mm. in sports rather than, you know, 
um, get like the women are winning world cups. We celebrate the men if they make it out of group stage. There's yeah, something. We do. <laughs> well, and not to mention like the equal pay gap, you know, and, and other things like that, that, that I feel like, like, you know, they're, you're hearing them roar now, especially. Absolutely. Absolutely. And good for them. And I just want you to know that I bought a ton of Luna bars today. Nice. Yes, that was another thing. Uh, Luna coming up and supporting was really, really big deal. And so, no, I'm definitely going to be investing in those as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's good yet, and I don't care. I will continue. <laughs> they're not bad. I've had them before. Yeah, they, they, they're sustain, they'll sustain you, too. I definitely um, just went for, like, one of every flavor to see what I like, and then I'll go from there. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's, I'm you know, I, I'm always, like, a, a sugar chocolate person so if it's got any of those I'm in <laughs> and I know that they do um but you're right no definitely the the winning really really helps um the, and and when you look at the U.S. women you really do look at them as pioneers not just um you know for U.S. soccer but but just for women everywhere I mean if our conditions are like this I wonder what you know I mean like there are mostly um a lot of teams all over the world the, the women don't even have aren't even able to play they don't even have access well, and it, and a lot of them don't get paid really. I was gonna say, yeah. Um, I know a few years ago the Matildas went through this where they they wanted the money, um, that they they deserved that they've earned for playing and and winning and all that stuff. And I don't know the details. I didn't ever read too much into it. Mm-hmm. But I remember there was a game we were supposed to play them, but they were still on strike, and we ended up flying. Haiti pretty sure it was Haiti up to the US and and playing Haiti in in place of um Australia Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean yeah what they deserve and and what they're asking for for sure for sure and it definitely is going to send a message um you know and it's definitely going to grow I mean look that game on Sunday for it to be, I mean, it was considered a sold-out match. There was 20,900 and I forget the exact number, people in uh, in attendance that Yeah, it was just under that 20. Day. Yeah. And, and, I mean, for everybody to show up, that, that stadium, the buzz in that stadium, there was such a vibe. Uh, I mean, you're, you're there in the supporter section. I mean, I'm sure that you felt it, you know. For oh, that yeah. whole stadium to be to be supporting the women and you, the players felt it too. They definitely said that they appreciated all of the support. I mean, even I think maybe it was her no, it wasn't her first goal because she slid into the corner on that one. But there was one goal mm-hmm. that Carly didn't come quite over to the group, but she turned to the end line and she, you know, she gave them that like, I I hear you, I see you, like mm-hmm. acknowledgement. It's really cool. Um, you know, as being part of a supporters group, when any player comes over and celebrates and um, credit to that, I mean, they, they came over and clapped afterwards. Um, uh, we're like doing the little dances and singing and, and Kristen Press came back out, you know, hometown girl mm-hmm. stuff. And one of the coolest things I saw was uh, Belgium's goalie and one of their players came over and you know did the whole clapping and and thanking us and everything and um our capo threw a scarf out to them and 
Yeah. Cool. I, I've never seen another team come over like that. And I thought that was really cool. And um, I just, I just really enjoyed stuff like that. For sure. For sure. And I mean, I, I, you know, that's part of, that's why I get torn sometimes. Like, do I want to be media or do I want to be a fan? <laughs> because, because you get different experiences, you know, uh, for both. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got those sound bites now that, you know, none of us are going to have. Right. I will gladly sit with you and listen <laughs> anytime you want. I would yeah. That. Maybe we'll uh, bring my headphones to a tailgate pretty soon. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I'll, actually, this Saturday, I want to get there early um, for once. <laughs> and, like, actually set up when you guys are there. So, yeah. Speaking of tailgate, so uh, anything else about the U.S. women? Or shall we go jumping into the galaxy? I think we'll leave it there. We'll see what happens in these, these next groups. Uh, no, there's one thing I will say. Mm. If Jill Ellis leaves Allie Krieger sitting on 99 caps for the rest of her career, I will never forgive her. Yes, and I will make sure that next time I interview Jill Ellis, I will say, excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> With Allie, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so LA Galaxy, we are... That's how actually I met you um, was because I found out you're a Galaxy fan. And so, you know, you've helped me in so many ways. I know you don't say like, you know, that I owe you anything or any credit or anything. But let me right now tell you that, um, you know, you um, yeah, you've always been really supportive and understanding of me as media and always making sure that I've either got photos or notes and highlights like obviously you know that I'm there and I cover the games and everything, but you're like, Hey, you know, let's talk about this. This is going to help you with the article. You can use whatever you need. Um, cause I, you know, when I write for MLS female, so I really, really appreciate that. And that's also why I wanted to have you here, uh, on my pod. I, I couldn't wait to get you on. Cause I was like, Oh man, like this is the, finally the chance now for everybody to get a sneak peek into the kind of conversations that we have. <laughs> and we text each other and call and then we talk after the games, before the games, like, it's it's fantastic and um and I know that you're always like you're you're so ready to be in and, and to contribute and um yeah so you know we've watched we've watched this team struggle we've been there you know through can I say hell and high water yeah I'm gonna uh, <laughs> you know and so um yeah because I try to keep my pod you know rated G um and so yeah but definitely you know we're gonna go over the March 31st game and the April 5th game and it was just they're two very, again, very different games, not only with the lineup, but like even our opponent, you know, one was home, one was away. Um, I don't want to say too much because I want to hear what you have to say. So Portland, 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 Portland. I feel really bad for the Portland Timbers. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy to start the entire first half of your season on the road and expect to come out with points. I mean, like, normally people say what road games, you're happy with the point. You want the draw. They can't draw for half a season and then come out of that hole. And it's, I, I just feel so bad for them. Is it a, you know, post-MLS Cup slump? I don't even, maybe. I mean, look at the dumpster fire in Atlanta. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but they also lost one of their best players in Atlanta. That's right. You know. 
you know, and their honestly, and their coach. Yes, yes, that's huge. They lost a lot in that coach. Mm-hmm. I really think so. Um, okay, Portland. Yeah, but Portland, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they came. I don't think they even came to try to score or to try to win. I think they came, and I know, and I. <sighs> It's hard talking about this so many weeks later because I've heard it on other podcasts and stuff, but I agree oh, yeah. with it. And it might have been Guessman. I don't remember, but Portland came to do one thing and it was to stop Slaton. They had no other ambitions on that field. Which is why they end up giving up the and, PKs. And that's the thing, is is people were chirping online about how we only won because of PKs and blah 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 blah. Well, if you watch the work that Zlatan had put in to get those PKs, they weren't, like, worthless little things. I mean, no. he, was, he was ready to fight to the death to score a goal and, you know, was brought down in the box. And mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I definitely think Portland shot themselves in the foot, but that doesn't take away from the good work that the Galaxy did. Absolutely. Um, I don't think it was a great game by any means. It, right. If you look at our defense, I think that that's still a huge issue. It has been. But the yeah. thing that we got in that game is the bo- is a uh, the boy. Yes, legit. Corona and Jonah. Mm-hmm. This is what I have right here in my notes. <laughs> I was like, that midfield. If you ever take him away from me again <laughs> <laughs> which sadly is gonna happen during gold cup you know because gonna get called up jonathan's definitely getting called up joe corona could get called up i don't see it likely happening mm-hmm. but i mean gosh that midfield that's literally all my notes say is the midfield this is our mid- yeah that's what i wrote too <laughs> I, I have midfield um, that they slid Antuna into that spot without Zlatan um, and that they, they learned how to gel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Portland Zlatan started. Yeah. Yeah, that one. But I mean, before that, before uh, the match. Before. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 I mean, no, the, the match before that, because they were gelling. They were doing it. Because, look, um, I was, of course, happy to have Alessandrini and Zlatan back um, on the 31st. But the fact that we'd figured out how to do it without our quote-unquote star players um, is is phenomenal. I mean, it really allowed Jonah to shine and, and Legette as well, and Corona. Everybody, like, even Antuna. Like, yeah, they all, they all got their, their, their shine on for sure. The Galaxy are no strangers to playing two, two DPs down. Right, right. And what I was going to say, too, was that, like, when you watch Jonathan, like, and we're going to say it because now that he's not in Geo Shadow, like, when you watch him now, I mean, he's playing defense. He's playing attack. He's he's getting the ball forward. He's ready to score. Like, it's like he's everywhere. Well, his name doesn't feel like a curse word when you say it now. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a praise. It's excitement. Like, I never thought I would be so excited to watch Dos Santos play because – his attachment to Geo and and just the bad taste in everyone's mouth really made people not like him, even though he had nothing to do with it. Right. 
and, and yeah, you just found yourself like hard to even, yeah, want to back up Jonathan hey. when he's talking about his brother, you know? I said to someone the other day, I would argue that Jonathan Dos Santos is the best player on our team. And that's with Slaton. I could see that. No, I could see that. Um, but go ahead and defend that a little more. <laughs> I say I see that because I watch him, like I said, defending and attacking and, and being all over that, all over it and getting and getting balls to everybody and also taking shots. And that's the thing is that you're going to see you're going to have to actually watch what he's doing because what he's doing isn't going to show up on a score sheet, but mm -hmm. he is going to be all over that pitch. I want to know how many miles he covers when he's each game. Like, right. Let's see that heat map and those stats where he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's uh, getting back to play D every single time he's creating opportunities. I mean, if you, need him to make that run he's gonna make that run and, and get up there and look at look at that this wasn't for galaxy unfortunately but that uh game he played for mexico with that goal he's oh yes and he had the assist he's just he's in a he's next level right now i can't even think of words to describe what jonathan is at this given yeah day. yeah and that's just proof of him as a player when he can go um when he can go play for his national team and do well. I mean, I feel like a lot of what the U.S. team does is because, like, they don't play together, and you can just kind of see the individual talent, but it's not coming together as a team. But, like, Jonah's just, he's pulling it. I think he makes the people around him better. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and we saw this last year when him and Legette first started pairing together, mm -hmm. that they both raised their game. I think he is that type of player who makes the players around him better. Absolutely. Agreed. And and I'm so glad that, that the midfield has been able to figure it out. Um, the defense is, is coming next. Um, <laughs> you know, Zlatan did get the start and, and did play on turf in Vancouver and played 90 minutes both games. Bruh, I know it's Zlatan, but that that's a lot. Right. Even in the Portland game, why he was still in after like 75 minutes, mm -hmm. blew my mind. And then... I, in Vancouver, the only thing I can... Oh, wait. Did he have both goals in Vancouver or in Portland? In Portland. I didn't take good notes. It's the okay. only thing I can think is with the Portland game is that he really wanted that hat trick. Oh, yeah. Oh, he really did. He even said in that interview that he really wanted it. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Shelby. And he was like, yeah, I was just going to say, just Shelby could get me the ball. <laughs> I mean, and that's the funny thing is, like, from watching it full speed and from the angle I was at, the pass didn't look that bad. But then when you see it again, it was really high. So, and that's often what I feel is Latan, like, he gets frustrated with, with his teammates, and rightly so. And, and that's why I'm glad that he does have the armband and he's captaining. Like, I feel like he's very fair mm -hmm. um, in his criticisms and... You know, I, I had initially blamed Bingham for letting Portland score that, that goal, but then somebody else brought it to my attention that, you know what, it was it was Shelvick that caused, uh, I think, Polenta to play out of position or something. Say again? Go back and watch Shelvick's pos positioning on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so no. Um, and speaking of Bingham, he was on fire. 
Um, and he totally gets it uh, with everything that's going on um, in Vancouver. It's night and day from well, last year. I mean, yeah. but really, even last year, if you look at when Siani and Shelvick got benched and Romney and Steris became our center back pairing, mm-hmm. he had more trust in those guys. He couldn't trust Siani. So he overcommitted or or positioned himself poorly and just got beat because he couldn't trust the defender to protect mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Romney. Uh, okay, yeah, I was waiting for you. <laughs> I know we've talked about this extensively in text messages. I was so happy when Romney got that start. Yes. I, I didn't know what was going on with Polenta. I didn't know he had um, an injury. A little yeah. Agonim, but yeah, I was really excited to see him out on the field and I thought he had an okay game. I mean, he definitely is rusty, but he hasn't seen a single minute, really, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I thought it was, I mean, look, I know that Polenta had an injury, but I, I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, your argument was to put, put Romney instead of Stairs, and then it was kind of funny that Stairs actually got the header um, on that in, in Vancouver. How about stairs and two goals this season? I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, now now forget anything bad we ever said about him for now. It's like, okay, well. Hasty. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But but I'm glad. I'm glad to see players improving. And, and maybe it is because of the guys that are around him now. I think it ha- that really does have a lot to do with the chemistry you build with um, your other center back and... and is he playing on the right side? So yeah, you're right back. You know, it has a lot to do with that. And I think Stairs and Rolf have it down. Um, I'm not quite sure how well Stairs and Polenta are gelling yet, but I think yeah. training, so we will find out soon if it's going to get better. Yeah, like we were kind of saying that Polenta's kind of running out of excuses, though. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, how many more games do you give him before you just start Romney? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I was just going to say, just start Romney. Um, and I'll be honest, like, even last game, I think Felcher was also kind of non-existent for me. Um, I know that he's he's he can be really good, and he has been. But then, you know, when he goes quiet, he goes quiet. He does. He really does. Yeah. Okay, he made sure to post his abs on Instagram, so everybody's a winner. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this podcast is my own views. I can say whatever I, I want. <laughs> you know, I try to be neutral and like uh, really professional on Twitter, but like, yeah, no, this is my pod. No, he hot. Uh, we're all blessed and hashtag blessed and thankful. Um, if you're not following him already, you should. And even whatever, I don't care. Men, men will go look as well. You know that they will. Um, but oh, half of my Allison Dreamy group chat is men, so oh, exactly, right? So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, they're all aware, even though Allison Dreamy, um, yeah, also, I know you don't want to talk about it, but he's not looking good on the pitch. No, he's... no, he is Portland didn't look good, looked a little better against Vancouver. Um, I'm hoping this weekend he looks back to normal I think coming off that injury he just isn't there 
and it hurts my heart. <laughs> no, it hurts me too because I know you and I were gonna get you know Alessandrini jerseys, and I'll be honest, like I'm happy that I got legit now, and you know we'll we'll see how this keeps going. Um, who's next? Maybe Corona. I don't know. Or no, afraid of Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, I got mine. You got yours. <laughs> I know. I got my last season. You did. You did. You did. And look, yeah, look, we love the players regardless of how they're doing. Look, Alessandrini has heart. He's always played for LA. Um, that was that was a big thing for me. That's what, why he was one of the my favorite players always. Um, LA so much that he wants to become a citizen and not take up an international slot. Right? And then that would open things up so much for us. Um Definitely. I know they're still trying to figure things out about like getting um, Giancarlo over here. Um, they're still trying to figure out some money. So we've got some summer window stuff coming as well. That'll be interesting. That'll be really interesting. And to that point, if he comes over, that puts Steris on the bench. Well, aren't we okay with that? Maybe? Um I mean, because Steris is has got two goals right now, but he is so hot and cold. But at this point, I mean, I thought we looked better without Polenta. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. To see how um, Gonzalez and Polenta can work together, if that's if that's the pairing we go with. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you see ahead for this weekend's game? I mean, I definitely think we can win. We're playing Philly, right? Yeah. I mean, I never really thought of Philly as a good team, but then, you know, MLS, suddenly they're winning like 4-0 or something. <laughs> you know, I think that this season is the weirdest season so far. Dude, last game, oh my, last week, excuse me, Philly's, yeah. Philly's doing well. Orlando's doing well. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota. Uh, well, Minnesota's grown a lot. Like, I have to give them props, you know? But then you have the your powerhouses of the last couple of years. Portland, mm, not so good. Atlanta, yeah. not so good. I mean, the only one that's been cons- consistent from carrying their momentum from last season to this season is uh, the team that shall not be named. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but, I mean, you have They're to. They're for a loss anyway, but yeah. They are playing fun to watch no I won't even say fun to watch because they've won almost every game with uh the other team having a red card so yeah watching them play with a man advantage yeah so I don't know I mean if New England starts being good then I'm retiring (laughs) soccer altogether My balls and beers bets will just be all all kinds of bad. Um, I keep trying to make these predictions and and beat the boys at their own game, but it's uh, we all got MLS last week. Oh, and Red Bull. What happened to Red Bull? Yeah, that's a bummer. They've killed yeah. my fantasy when I keep picking up their players. I cannot pick up Red Bull players for fantasy anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even NYCFC, I had better faith in and. They play in a baseball stadium. Well, okay, obviously, but I meant, like, the players. But <laughs> did you happen to catch any of that game this weekend? Um, I did. I did not. The, um, I, I just saw the results. It was a busy weekend. The turf was coming up. It was, it, I, I would have called it unsafe playing environment. 
Uh, it was incredible. I don't know how, at this point in MLS, we're still allowing them to play in a baseball stadium. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's it's terrible, and it, and it's making it's making the league look bad. And that's like it, and it just proves people's arguments for them when they're you know so you know criticizing MLS. They gotta, they gotta fix that. Yeah, they really gotta fix that, and it'll help their numbers too with the attendance. I hope so. Um, but... I mean, I mean, I mean, I keep going back to when you see the numbers in Atlanta still, you know, being really high, even even with everything that's going on. I mean, it proves that you can sell out a American football sized stadium. I mean, that team or that team, that city was so hungry for soccer. Yeah, got some friends out there, and they were talking about it long before the team ever played their first game. They were just hungry, so it's really exciting to see. And yeah, I'm not a huge fan of of the team or anything, but I love watching the sport grow in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and like, look, we call it Soccer Saturday, and we're all following. I mean, look, we've got DC on right now, which just ended in a draw. Uh, <laughs> we I adopted the, a club this weekend. Yeah. Um, if you haven't uh, heard of Forward Madison, you need to start following them. They're great. Okay. Their mascot is a flamingo. <laughs> it's excellent. Their kits are gorgeous. Uh, I watched their very first game on Saturday, and with actually with a bunch of the Lars guys, we we're all watching, and we really had a good time. I mean. Their uh, USL uh, yeah. one or something, however that league is. So below mm-hmm. the top USL, but uh, it was, I'm going to keep watching. Well, that's fun. Yeah, you had a whole soccer weekend too. You had a full yeah. soccer weekend. I watched soccer from the but not just soccer, sports Saturday. weekend, excuse me. Yeah. From the minute I woke up Saturday until I went to bed, there was a soccer game on somewhere next to me. Yep. And, and I mean, and that's why I love this. And that's why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else to say? I mean, <laughs> I am going to, I am going to say, I, I really think once the galaxy can get it together, like we're, I mean, we're already pretty threatening, but I think that once we figure out, you know, these last little bits and get whoever we're going to get in from the window and um, because Escaloto's really, done a lot to to improve the team and to close and like yeah I have to say I feel like we could be real contenders for the MLS Cup I really do I think the combination of DTK and GBS is the best thing that could have ever happened to us yeah yeah so I guess going into this weekend I would say I say we win 2-1 because we're still us which means we don't like clean <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's that defense. <laughs> um, I would say 2-1. And I would say that the one goal comes probably off of Shelvick's side. Again. Again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I want Zlatan to get his hat trick. And that would be fun. I want to see... Uh... I want to see the kid get in and get his first goal. Ephra. Yeah. Where's Ephra been? Cause um, he traveled up to Vancouver. So that was kind of weird because I thought that he was in the under 17. We all uh, did. And then yeah. we 
him at the airport and I guess he was on the bench, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't know um, that they've, I don't know what the plan is for him either to, to bring him in. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, and, and I'll be traveling, gosh, see, May is right around the corner. I'm going to be going to, um, SKC stadium to, to follow the galaxy there and, um, actually go stay and hang with, um, RSLE, who is my fellow MLS female, uh, writer. Yeah. So that's my away game. Um, we'll see what finances pull out. If I can get, I would like to go visit my friends up in Seattle and then get down to Portland or something. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. That's that's yet to be seen but uh what about you i know you travel a lot as well uh, i'm doing um new york we're uh, playing red bull uh mm. speaking of may then i don't remember when the san jose game is but i'm absolutely doing that mm. and then portland is july 27th and seattle is labor day weekend and i'm doing all of those nice nice you live in the dream I, if I can swing Atlanta, I will, but it's the weekend after Portland, so it's not very likely. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get down there this year, but we'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. I really wanted to do D.C., but couldn't swing that one either. We have a lot of Sunday games this year. It's yeah, yeah. That that makes it hard. It does make it hard. Um, you you and I both have a commute. We're just coming from opposite. Yeah, it's... valleys. <laughs> I'm near yours. Orange County is not a valley, but yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, it does make it hard when you know you're not close and you still have to get home and you work the next day. And I don't like Sunday games, but hey, I'm gonna keep doing them. I mean, same. Um, you know, there's a reason why we're we're season ticket holders, so. Absolutely. For sure. So I will I will catch you this Sunday because, unfortunately, I didn't get to see you at all this weekend because of circumstances, but. I think this is our one Saturday, this is our, yeah, one Saturday game this month. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but no, I'm definitely getting there. I'm getting there early. I'm like, I'm right. But yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'll be there. So if you all see us, come and say hi. We hang out near Lars and Lot 13. Absolutely. We're usually uh, first couple cars right out front. Come say hi. Have a beverage. <laughs> Some food. Yeah, for sure. It's it's always fun to meet to meet fellow fans. Alrighty. And are you going to France this summer or you're not sure yet? I am not. It just not. Yeah, I'm not making it either. It wasn't in the cards. Um, I'm gonna Same. try to do one Gold Cup game for the men, but even that's not looking likely. So I will be holding down the uh, Orange County chapter bar for American Outlaws. So all right. Uh, if anyone's in the area for any Gold Cup or World Cup games, we're at the uh, Old Dubliner in Tustin. Nice. Alrighty. Any other final thoughts before we we end our episode? I think I got everything off my chest. Oh no! Stop calling up Abby Doll Abby Dahlkemper. No more Abby Dahlkemper. Okay, I'm done. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jamie, for being on. Thanks you guys always for listening and um, for your support. And I'll see you on Twitter. And we'll we'll catch you on the next episode of Simply Soccer. This has been Michelle Hutink, your host. 
And my guest, Jamie Bacon. Good night. Bye.